welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Daily Thunder, Knock a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. We made it through an entire Cavalier season, all 72 games. The Cavaliers end off their season with two losses, uh, one to the Wizards, one to the Nets. 120-105 to Washington, up against Brooklyn, 123-109. End the season, 22-50. Here to help me break down everything, break down the games, uh, just get, share some general thoughts on the season and get into some other stuff. Dan Glinsky, back with me. How you doing, Dan? Good, man. How's, how's everything going? It's all right, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's been a long season. Uh, it also doesn't feel like it's been that long at the same time. Um, wasn't that long. We were talking about Thon Maker and uh, yeah. whether or not whether or not Thon Maker was going to be able to really play the five for this team, or whether he was going to have to guard the fours, or you know, have to have to guard fours if if he was going to make that work. We're talking about Marquise Bolden and whether he could get an opportunity. I don't know. How you feeling as the season's over now at this point? Well, I was going to say like, in a sense, it could be a relief for some, but apprehension for others. Uh, it, there's. It's just a mix. It's hard to say exactly. It's hard to pinpoint the exact uh, feeling there. I'm with you. Well, we'll, we'll kind of get into that in a little bit, like I said. But I want to start with these two games. Uh, break them down kind of the same way that we have been. Um, against the Wizards, we were kind of talking about in the last episode, we didn't know uh, whether or not Jetty Osmond or Darius Garland were going to be playing. They were both listed as questionable. And in this game, they both ended up playing. Uh, Darius Garland came in for 12 minutes. Uh, did a little bit of stuff. Obviously, wasn't too heavily involved in the game. He was on a clear minute restriction, and then didn't get in. Well, he was he was out for the Brooklyn game. Then again, not exactly sure what the reasoning was there. I can understand getting Jetty in there just to have another healthy wing who you know you can trust with the ball. Um, what did you think of Darius coming in though for 12, 12 minutes in that one game? Uh, do you think it was worth it to try and get him in there just to get him a little extra run? What do you think the reasoning was there? 
Well, I, I think you were. I, I was kind of going back on it before, but I, I thought for him it was meaningful. Uh, I, I thought he was going to be in there in at Brooklyn, frankly, but didn't end up happening. But um, I, I thought he's. Oh, apologies. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was high. You're evil, good. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he at least kind of had some quality ball movement in there and uh, made the 1-3, I think it was. But um, just I, I thought with the circumstances, I thought it looked fine. Um, I, it was kind of nice to see him in there for even just that uh, little bit. So I, I think it was about what we expected, probably even better, really. Yeah, I, I mean, in the limited action that we saw him, I thought he played well. It was just kind of kind of odd that after all that missed time, they get him in for 12 minutes and then don't play him in the finale. But I guess any run is a good run. Getting to see him played for that you know little extra spurt didn't hurt anything, obviously. So uh, getting Jetty in there as well. Uh, came back and played really a solid game against Washington, 16-6, and six, again, on efficient shooting. Uh, not so much the same against Brooklyn, but that's just kind of the way the season's gone for Jetty. Uh, five points to a 10 shooting. Again, you know, gets his assists, got a couple rebounds. Also, you know, was a little turnover heavy in this in this stint. But what are you going to do? It's Jetty. Um, I don't know. Overall, yeah, I'm I'm not going to grill Jetty for turnovers when he's kind of a no. When he has to, yeah. yeah. When you when you're when you're tasking him with primary ball handler responsibilities, right. you can live and with some. I mean, not just him, like another wing, like a guy, say, like an Okoro or. At times earlier, kind of a Torian Prince to an extent. Kind of have to just you kind of have to live with. It. You have to live with it. I, I agree completely. But um, yeah, got some Damian Dotson action in the second game. Uh, Damian Dotson comes in off the bench, plays twenty eight minutes, probably the best game all season that he's had. Uh, Seventeen points and three assists. Again, you know, finally found the rhythm from outside. Shot three of five, seven and nine overall from the field. Damian Dotson has these mo- he's had these moments I should say there have been since he was come back and you know been in the rotation um you know he's had a couple of these games where he kind of starts to shoot the ball again well um and then obviously he's always reverted back uh doesn't get a chance to revert back being that this is the last game do you trust Damian Dotson at all at this point Dan and it, it, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later whether we we expect him to be back obviously next year being non guaranteed for him um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you think, I guess we'll just kind of jump into the Damian Dotson discussion now. Do you think, what do you think it is with him to where he has a night like this just kind of out of the blue? And do you think that that is sustainable for him at all moving forward if he is, if he does have a future with this team? Well, I, I, I think defensively he's done a nice job. I think that's what's often been the positive to me. Um, the passing even is just kind of a ball mover. I think has done a pretty nice job on the year, and and that's been an, honestly a pleasant surprise to me. Um, but it's it maybe it's probably it's not all on him. There there's been just the inflow. The, I guess the lineups being flo- so in flux, um, just the lack of continuity game to game often hasn't helped guys like that, but. He just missed so many. It, it just the shooting has been underwhelming. Um, I, I think off the bounce, I was expecting. I mean, from not like a ton from deep, but 
some more consistency. There, there, there's been ebbs and flows for him as a shooter. Um, but however way you slice it, I mean, sub what is he sub twenty nine percent in the year from three? That that's not something I would have seen coming. Um, he's had some kind of nicks and nicks stuff like that. Um, I had the ankle injury kind of on and off um, in the year, particularly like earlier on. That didn't help. Um, I, I'm not going to completely go in on Damian Dotson here, but you see there, there is capabilities as, as that kind of spark guy, but it's just given that he's, what, 27, um, there's just too much. It's like, That's not a guy like you have to give him some usage for him to really have an impact. And I just don't trust it next year. I, given that it's not guaranteed, I'd, I'd rather, um, especially that you would think the Cavs would try to at like be looking at scoring specifically um, this offseason. They have to be, as we know. So I, I I don't see there being a possibility that he's back. I just I don't see it being realistic. Yeah, I think coming into the year when we signed Damian. Uh, one thing that I had kind of looked at that I thought would be really, really fun to watch him do was kind of playoff ball. Um, just because of his shooting ability, you know, being a guy who can fly around screens and just help, you know, give some movement and offense. Uh, and it's it's pretty much the exact opposite at this point to where, and, and despite kind of the outside shooting struggles, he's been able to kind of work in the mid-range a little bit and even get to the rim a little bit at times uh, and, and get shots and actually make shots in that kind of, you know, I, well, I guess I'm not really looking for any word other than mid-range, but just get to the mid-range and kind of, you know, shoot over guys, turnarounds, fadeaways even. Um, but I think, like you said, it's pretty much exclusively that now to where there's really no off-ball viability for him. He's been he's been really – he's been terrible as a, as a spot-up catch-and-shoot guy all season. Um, and a lot of times we haven't even – I mean, the role was just complicated for Damian all year because he's been asked to play point guard so much as well. Uh, where we haven't really even given him the opportunity to, you know, play off ball, but it is just kind of disappointing. And I'm, I'm with you. Um, at this point, I don't see any way that Damian. Like, I won't say I don't see any way that Damian Dotson comes back, but um, I'm not entirely sold at this point that Damian Dotson is going to be somebody who's under contract at the beginning of next season with any team. Um, yeah, I and, mean, you look at the catch and shoot numbers; it's. Thirty-three point six percent on the year for that, and there it has been skewed. There, it's really had had been often throughout the year a lot worse than that. And there's been these kind of spurts where it's clicked We're, here and there, yeah. but it, it's just it's just been so disappointing. I'm with one hundred percent with you there. I don't think that anyone would give him more than a minimum contract this offseason. I, I personally kind of think of him as someone who probably gets some 10-day contracts and maybe latches on somewhere that way. But I would not be, you know, in line to give Damien Dotson a contract over the offseason. Uh, I just I don't really think it's worth it. I think there are better options out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is disappointing, but it's, it's just where we're at. Um, no Kevin Love in either of these games. Uh Injury management, whatever you want to call it. Nothing surprising there. No Anderson Verjao in the last game, which was something that I kind of was surprised by. Um, yeah, Being that he's played the whole way, he played five minutes 
uh, against Washington, and we've even we've seen Anderson play meaningful minutes. Uh, watching the Nets as the fourth quarter kind of started, even before the fourth quarter, I'm thinking, okay, when are we going to get Verge out here? You know, let him get in and do whatever he needs to do before you know before he's done. Um, kind of thought maybe they're just waiting for the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter came and they still never put him in. There's three minutes left and we don't have a chance of winning and they still don't put him in. Um, I don't know. I was confused by that. But did you want to see Verge get in one last time? I did. Yeah, sure. Why not? I put him in there for the last two and a half minutes. Who would? I mean, why not? I mean, it's just, it's the last opportunity he's going to get. I just don't understand. Right. I don't understand what was hold like. There had to have been a reason because like everyone else. All the other garbage time players were in, but him. I just didn't right. get that. Yeah, I thought generally speaking, there would be more run for Verge Uh Just as we've touched on, um, that considering there's been so many, there have been so many developmental guys, kind of fringe guys that did get get their run. You would have thought he would have had more, but oh well. What is the name of the the Brooklyn Nets like arena announcer? Is it Oliver? Uh, is that like the guy who used to be with the Cavs? Uh, you mean oh, you mean like the in-game like yeah, the in-game uh, like yeah, host. Basically, yeah. Uh, uh I can't remember honestly. Because like you know what I'm the, saying, like the guy who used to be. I just like, think of I just think of Amon Crump for so long. It is Oliver. Oliver the voice. I don't know his last name, but um. The PA announcer is what I'm trying to come up with. But, um, yeah, used to be with the Cavs. I thought it'd be cool for him to, you know, announce Verjal coming into the game one last time. I don't know. Well, is, that, just, is that considered a mod crump? No, that's not a mod job. I don't know what our new yeah, guy's I, name I, is. The I, guy who, you know, three. Yeah. I, I don't know what his name is. Yeah. I, but, oh, duh. oh, yeah. Duh. What am I saying? Um, yeah, I always forget. I don't know. I, I Maybe what have I been to like six games? But uh, yeah, I can't remember his name honestly. But anyway, um, I was with the, the Cavs for a long time on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, you, you, that's a fair. That's also a good point too. Yeah, like it would have been cool to hear him announce Verschau checking into a game. I don't know. Zach Weiss on Twitter, you know, said that he wanted to see Verschau just come in and just chuck as many threes as he could. I just don't get why we didn't see him one last time. There was there was no reason not to play him, but. Maybe they had a reason that we just don't know. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe he tweaked something. Cedra? Cedra? Is that it? I I think that's it, right? His Twitter is just... Or it's actually Olivier. So, Olivier. Oh, Olivier. Duh. Yeah. Olivier. Olivier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Like, I thought that would have been cool, but... Oh well, there 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 are worse things that could happen than that. I oh guess. yeah, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely blame him there. <sighs> Looking back on this season, Dan, um, obviously a lot of ups and downs. The whole Kevin Porter Jr. We, we, we've we've covered everything in depth, plenty, but with all the mistakes that have been made, uh, if you can really call any of them really horrible mistakes, I don't know. But a lot of ups and downs, losing streaks, even winning streaks. Um, at the end of the season, from where you were at the beginning, do, how do you define this season? Do you obviously it's a rebuilding one? Do you think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish at the beginning of the season? Um, I, I would just say there's a lot of what could have been. Uh, 
you just think of the injuries. That's everybody's going to say like, oh, you're you're just that's a cop out thing to say. But I think but it's valid to, with this team, really. It, it really was. It seems like more than, uh, frankly, other years in recent memory to me. And we we knew that that was going to likely be a possibility, just given the condensed schedule, timing wise, whatever. But it. Uh, there was just a lot of I, I don't I, I think the drama quote unquote is is frankly kind of overblown. I think there was just kind of like the the Kevin Porter thing. It just from the jump, it just didn't seem right. And I, I'm not going to like who knows like what what is Kevin Porter? What's going to be the outlook in three years from now? I, I have legitimately no clue. Like there, yeah, I think he's going to be. There's going to be a lot of what could have been with him in his career, and I don't know how he's going to pan out. I, I really have no idea. Um, we know the talent that's that's there, but that's not. We know what the deal was there. I, I just think there was a lot of uh, what could have been stuff, and there was a lot of, I guess, overblown. People made a mountain of a lot of molehills that weren't there so to speak, throughout the year. And I think the Cavs, uh, I think there was a lot of growth shown from the young guys, from the guys where it really was, like, really we were looking for it. I think it was there. And I think had the season been, had there been able to be way more, like, not way more, but more practice time, so to like, if you will. I mean, that's valuable for a team like this. Yeah, yeah, in this kind of situation, that mattered a lot more. Um, it doesn't matter for the Brooklyn Nets, but it does uh, for the Cavs. But, yeah, I just think there was notable progress. Last season, I don't know if there really was. This year, there absolutely was. And I think there's been a lot of, I guess, just rat like rash fan kind of mob kind of stuff going around that, is very overblown, and I just think, yeah, it's just what could have been, and, and injuries really have just really derailed it, but there was plenty of positive signs, plenty of them. I'm completely with you. I think the one thing that you can look at is that, obviously, they missed the playoffs. Um, I, I, it's oh, every wow, organization. Shocker. Yeah, really. But it's, it's every organization's goal to, you know, at the beginning of the season to be competitive, and especially this year, play for a play-in spot. Can I just um, say one one thing is yeah. just a brief side note. If anybody legitimately thought that the Cavs should have made a plan this year, I, I that's very hard. Like it's hard for me to take you seriously. That's all I'm going to say. And I think, especially after the start that they got off to, there were some real hopes there from a lot of people. Um, and obviously that was derailed. But I think I, I was just going to say exactly what you said. Um, it's every organization's quote-unquote goal to be competitive and to play for a playoff spot or a play-in spot in this case at the very beginning of the season. And it's kind of on you to realize whether your team is actually, you know, seriously in contention or not. And I think the consensus was kind of that this team just wasn't going to be. We think we kind of knew uh, coming from where this team was last year. uh, Obviously, Andre Drummond gave some people some hope and he got off to a really good start with the team. But... This team didn't do a lot over the offseason to improve themselves from last year to this year. 
And we knew that coming in. There was going to be development, and there was development. Colin, you know, continued to take leaps as a scorer and, you know, showed signs as a passer, even showed some signs as a defender. Uh, obviously, Darius Garland took huge leaps from where he was as a player last year. Um, you had some other guys developing, you know. I mean, Isaac, as the season went on, developed. But, you know, Dean Wade was something that you had last year who became a piece this year. But overall, it's not like this team – that, that was something that we discussed over last offseason was that this team was following the right path. They weren't going to try to rush this rebuild. They weren't going to sacrifice what they have going you know, with this rebuild just to try to win more games this year. And they took the smart approach. Uh, and, and now that we are where we are and we are marginally better than we were last year, not a ton record-wise, I think that there are a lot of – you know, things that can explain that, whether it be injury, I think injury has a lot to do with it, or whether it be just the fact that once you were eliminated from playing contention, what was this team playing for? So at that point, I don't blame them for just losing games to try to improve their lottery odds. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they got one win, that they beat the spread for anyone who bet on the Cavs, you know, on the over. But honestly, looking at that one win, um, that kind of hurt their their lottery odds. And again, like I'm not saying that was a bad thing, but these losses weren't just the losses to end these this, this season were not the sky is falling losses. They were this team has half of its roster and they're not playing for anything. So do we really need to try to win that hard? Like that's the losses that we were getting. So yeah, from a standpoint that this team didn't make the play in or whatever. Um, I don't think it's a really a valid, like, gripe. I think this team is exactly where – not exactly where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Honestly, I think they're probably better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. The, the competitive run they had in the beginning before injuries kind of fell apart and before we lost Drummond. And, I mean, we had lost Drummond before we even, you know, bought him out and before we even sat him. As soon as we got Allen, I think we lost Drummond. But I just don't understand how people can be that upset with this team and – that upset to the point where you're questioning. I, I understand that there are some legitimate, you know, concerns with J, with JB Bakerstaff as a coach. Uh, I think, from a culture standpoint, he's done the best that he could, uh, and I think that you know there are some good things there. I think he has a good relationship with the players. Uh, you know, little uncreative on the offensive end, whatever. But um, I just don't get hammering him and especially hammering Kobe Altman, Dan, uh, for basically following the path that he's been following this whole time. That was, I mean, from the moment that this team decided to rebuild, you know, four games after the Le- four games after LeBron left four games into that next season, um, he's stayed on this path and he continued to stay on this path. Now it hasn't been necessarily a smooth road by any means, um, you can debate, you know, if they should have handled the Drummond situation the way they did. I personally don't see a problem with the way they did it. Um, they waited it out, tried to find a trade. It's not like Drummond was helping him win games again at that point anyway. Um, KPJ, I, maybe there's fault there on both sides. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Could have handled it better, but it's not like... I don't think that that's a move that's going to set you back that far. I just, I don't understand. And maybe you have a little bit more, you know, of a reasoning than I do. But um, 
with the rumors that are that are coming out now that Altman is kind of on the hot seat and that Dan is considering making changes in the front office, and a lot of this has been pushed by Sam Amico, who again today his sources tell him that blah 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 about you know Dan and Kobe Altman whatever. I just think it would be such a huge mistake to move on from him this offseason when the plan is still being followed. The plan that has always been in place is still being followed. I think it would be a I, I think it would be a disaster to to cut it short right now. I don't know where you're at with that. I, I don't know about disaster. I think just in my opinion, that's a little bit of a stretch, but um, even in our chat, it kind of talk, said that at least it'd be a disappointment. I'm with you on that. I think disappointing is, is definitely fair to say. Um, just, I don't know, to me, that'd be kind of like from there, you'd have to think it'd be for a guy that's going to want to like cash the chips in, so to speak. And given that Altman was able to kind of just pry Jared Allen, like just like, just prime out of the water like like that, just like out of the blue. Um, we For see Dante those kind of, in a late first, right? And we see those kind of situations in the NBA all the time, where there's like these disgruntled stars. They eventually um, there's tension going on. There's like a, a blockbuster deal. It happens like every season. And to me, if you do this, you got to think that. The reasoning is you're, you're there's going to be somebody brought in here that's going to like trade like a key piece, and it's not going to be Kevin Love like where you're actually getting something of like real like a, no. like huge value. So you got to think it's one of the the young guys. And to me, that would be that in lies your huge mistake. And Cavs fans that think like there's going to be like this huge difference from doing that. I, I strongly, like, you're strongly being delusional there. Um, because I, I strongly value Sex and Garland, guys like that, but I don't, we don't know what the league views them as, so what, what are you going to get for them? And if you, and or you're going to trade a for, like, a top five pick for who? Like, what veteran guy is going to be, like, a big needle mover? So then what happens the year following or the year, like, are you, are you going to be regularly in the playoffs from there year to year? I don't see it. That's just my opinion. And whether people admit it or not, nationally, the East is better than people think. Like, it's not a complete joke. And let's, I mean, let's face it, the Hornets... We're not going to be in the plan had LaMelo not gotten hurt and Gordon, Gordon Hayward got hurt too. And he had been playing probably the best year of his career, quite frankly. And that everybody just glosses over that. And they were playing out like outstanding basketball. And the Celtics, okay, I know that they've been a huge disappointment this year. That's that's totally I get that. But Nobody thought the Celtics were going to be in the play-in this year. Like, at the beginning of the year, come on. Like, no one actually thought no, that. No, no one thought that. And so you just think of, like, those two teams. And did you think the Pacers were going to be a play-in team? I, I thought the Pacers were going to be good. Like, I don't know about maybe not kind totally of... play-in, but I thought they'd be, like, I mean, I think top six seed is pretty fair to say. Like, I think that would have been a, fair a to say. They a lot of talent. A lot of talent. I think we kind of knew coming into the season that we weren't going to get anything from T.J. Warren. Uh, no, 
No. The, but they I mean, obviously, like, he played well in the bubble. Like, we knew they were going to be without him just, like, yeah. from the jump he was dealing with the foot issues. And that kind of worried me a little bit, but I didn't think they were going to be this poor. I didn't think they were going to finish. I didn't think Miami the, also yeah, would think. be the, the, a six seed either, though. I personally didn't. And To go from it, a finals run to a six seed, no. I mean, Well, they were a five seed. But I Jimmy know, Butler, but either way. Jimmy Butler missed what? What did he miss? 13 games due to COVID protocol? Like, if that doesn't happen, they're... They're better. They could be flopped with my, Milwaukee, in my opinion. So Milwaukee really mm-hmm. stumbled out of the gates. They took a while to get going. So, I don't know. I just think, like, and you know what? I know this is going to sound a little hot takey. The Pistons are not going to be as bad as people think. In like, I don't even think next season. I really don't. Like, they, they have something brewing, whether people like it or not. And <laughs> There's something I, like, there. Like, I'm just saying, like, if you do try to really go for like, just push it on the gas to get, oh, my God, a play-in appearance. Like, I don't think people understand that will drastically set you back. Like, drastically. And considering you've already spent three seasons building it, what's the point in firing the guy that is building it? I, I just don't understand that logic at all. Just That's just my opinion. I'm with you. And whether Sam Amico wants to see the Cavs win 38 games for the next maybe two years there and then went like 18 from there for another three years. I don't think he's understanding that aspect of it at all. So when I say this, this is how the Cavs can end up being a a Utah jazz, not, not a Utah jazz, but a team like an indie, like indie up friendly, like just solid playoff team things. No. So, and when I say that, that, it's just such an oxymoronic thing, like, when people suggest that. When I say that getting rid of Dan – or not not getting rid of Dan Gilbert, but Dan Gilbert getting rid of Dan, of Kobe Altman could be a disastrous thing. Who's he going to get? Expect this new GM to, what do you expect this new GM to do? Do you think he's he's going to follow Kobe Altman's path? That's not why they're firing Kobe Altman. They're they firing Kobe Altman just, because – Dan would just literally tell him to just – do the exact opposite. And exactly. Be, and, and I think and that, that is a massive cycle. mistake. I think that that is totally. a massive mistake. Totally. I just, I am as far off of the get rid of Altman camp as you and can we possibly have, be. And the lottery odds are not going to help from their going onward either. No. So no. you're basically <laughs> not getting anything from picks from there for what? Four years? Really? Because we don't know what would happen from there. Well, like, let me ask you know. this too: <laughs> Is Kobe Altman on the is Kobe Altman on the hot seat right now? If they end up with Anthony Edwards or Zion Williams, Williams Williamson, or Lamelo Ball, if he if this team gets lottery luck in the past couple of years. And they end up with one of those guys. Hell, if they if, well, they, if they back got, in if, if they, if they got back Anthony when they Edwards, drafted Colin. What would Anthony Edwards do this year for us, though? I'm that one. Take out Anthony Edwards. Take out Anthony Edwards. Then, if it's Trey Young, or if it's I I don't know who else. If this if this team has Luca, if this team looks into one of those guys, if this team has good lottery luck, if this team gets good lottery luck, is Colby Altman remotely close to the situation where we're saying, like, fire the guy? No, absolutely like you're not. you're just slowly rebuilding because you haven't had that jolt due to lottery luck, but you've done 
all of the important things right up to this point, other than signing the love extension. I think Th- that's the is... one like big mistake. But that was also understandable yeah. Oh, yeah. at the time. Like, but do just, we really I, know if that was actually him or was it Dan? Or if, what, I don't. Know. I don't think. I I think that that's fair. It was his second year on the job. I don't think if he, I don't think if he didn't do that, it, if that team that, didn't try he to, he could you have know, been compete. canned right then. So whether it's said publicly publicly or not, I would think that's a real possibility. I'm sure he, you know, was kind of nudged in that direction. Definitely. I definitely think he was nudged in that direction with the John Beeline hiring. I don't think that that oh, was yeah. on him at all. Yeah. I think yeah, that, that was totally that a Dan was Gilbert move. Kobe's culture driver, quote unquote, you know, is is all just company terms. I just, what is the worst mistake that Kobe Altman has made? Is it the love extension in your it's, eyes? Is that the worst thing is, that has been done in this rebuild? I think it's got to be. Because what, other than that, what what else is really what different? else has gone what else, like I disaster guess, level wrong? Yeah, I just think back. Uh, people might think that them dealing Jordan Clarkson for um, Exum and two twos could be another knock too, but it ended up netting out Jared Allen. Um, so in the end, it wasn't awful. And uh, is and Jordan Clarkson's also in a, an ideal situation in Utah with ton of shooting around him um, has Rudy Gobert there often in, in lineups too. Um, to go with Derek Favors even is, is still a very uh, suitable backup five. So there's just a lot of nitpicking that I, I think given the circumstances and, and card that he's cards that he's been dealt, I think he's done more than fine. And I, I just, I don't, he's not, is he Griff? No, but that just seems to be the, the root of all the, I guess, people ostracizing Kobe, Kobe Altman. Um, I, I think, I don't really think it's that warranted, to be honest with you. And if you're going to say that the Jordan Clarkson deal was one of the worst moves that he made, like at the time, did two seconds and Dante Exum seem like a bad return? Again, Dante Exum, who you ended up kind of turning into, essentially turning into Jared Allen and getting two seconds as well, like, nobody thought that Jordan Clarkson was going to be this good with the Jazz. Like, he was not this with the Cavs. He was good, but, like, if you're going to say that that is the worst move that they made, I just think, I don't know what you're expecting. I think that that was fine. I think that was a good return, and... Using, if you're going to say that, okay, it's just Dante Exum, if using Dante Exum to get another major piece who is, you know, one of your core four pieces right now, I just don't get it. And, I mean, you say, yeah, Colby Altman isn't David Griffin. I was upset to lose David Griffin when we did. I think the way that that was handled was a mess with Dan Gilbert. Uh, but what is what has David Griffin been doing in New Orleans? Let me ask you this, Dan. If David Griffin doesn't land, we were just talked about with Colby Altman, what if he lands a top pick and gets Zion? What if David Griffin does not get Zion? Where is that team right now? What are they looking like? And, I mean, what are the Pelicans without Zion right now? And, like, is that... Do you credit David Griffin for, for landing in the lottery, you know, and, and getting really, really lucky? Because other than that, I mean, he, he did pull a good return for Drew Holiday getting four first-rounders, but he's also got to deal with Eric Bledsoe now. Um, the Anthony Davis trade got a good return. 
but they have not built a good team around him at all. And I think some of those moves are on, you know, on Griffin. I think Stephen Adams trading for him was kind of a mistake. Obviously, extending him is proving to be a big mistake. Um, I think drafting Jackson Hayes was kind of a mistake. I think that's something you can look at, and that was kind of a miss. And obviously, the door's not closed for Jackson Hayes. But that's, one, it's not a good fit next to Zion. And two, he just hasn't shown that much. So I think, you know, I'm... You want to look at a guy who was here, who I thought, again, did a fine job here, but not like he is perfect either. I just, I don't understand what people think that they're going to be getting differently in another GM than they are with Kobe. And if the plan is to get another GM to, you know, whatever, speed up the rebuild, as we've talked about multiple times, I just think that would be a massive mistake. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I I think getting... Lonzo and Ingram, I think, was pretty good, though. Um, sure, but, yeah, they got a good but, return for it. Wasn't, it, it wasn't like a different guy couldn't have done that, and um, and yeah, there, there's you got to yeah, the extension of of Adams was was not great. Um, just a just a clunky fit with Zion, as we know. Um, but I, I think he's done a fine job. But yeah, I'm with you. We we can't. It's not like he's been incredible. No, no, no. Like we just, he, he yeah. hasn't. And it's, uh, I don't know, what would we be saying about Travis Schlank, for example, if he didn't get Trey? Um, I, I think Herter has been really good um, for, uh, from where he was drafted. Cam Reddish, I really like, but I can't say he's been like a, a home run been by, great. by, he's also by been any injured. stretch. Um, he's thin. Um, there's questions about him is, is kind of like a long-term piece. Um, I, I, I like the guy. I think he's, he's got a bright future personally, but again, the, the jury's somewhat out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to say that all like the reasoning for firing Altman is, I, that's really, it, it's kind of hard for me to justify at this point. Um, because given it's very difficult for GMs in small markets, small to mid-sized, I'll say, to have drastically changed the the team in the complexion in a three-year window like that. That's very difficult to do, and especially in with today's lottery odds, it's just it's just very difficult. And I'm hundred percent with you on that. Well, that was going to be my next point, is we are three years into this, and I don't, again, everyone is entitled to their own opinions as to what this team is next year, and what it could be, and what it's going to be. I think this team is going to be in the, you know, 7-10 to plan mix. I think that they're, you know, with gradual improvement, and hopefully with some lottery luck, even without lottery luck, I think that this team will be playing it. I don't think. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like In this past draft, they... They did. Yeah, but like I, I think that this team will be to an extent a good like a a good team next year. I think that they will be in the playing tournament at least next season. So I, I think I think that's the case too personally. So, so you've rebuilt for three years, and then in the fourth year is when things kind of start to look up, and you're like starting to make the playoffs, and with a still very young team. Is that a failed rebuild? Like, we've gone three years. 
How, when was the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs? And obviously that's a mess, and they've been in the West, which I know we talk about the East not being as bad as you know people think it is. But the West, you know, over the years has been a deeper conference. Yeah. But when is the last time that the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs? Was it when is the was last? It like, how, how long have they been rebuilding? I think it was. How long have they been rebuilding? How long have? How how long did the process Sixers rebuild? It's not like they did that forever right. and ever and ever. They did it about three four years, if I'm remembering correctly. Sounds like right. it takes three four years. Nobody expected this team to be outstanding this year. I just don't understand why that where that thought came from that they should be in a better position than they're in without getting lucky in the lottery. And I just don't understand how any of that is Altman's fault. That's again not saying that Altman has been perfect, but that's just where I'm at with all of it. But is that the standard? Does he have to be perfect? Is that is that what people are looking for? Because apparently this is Cleveland, non-LeBron Cleveland. That's that's about as barren wasteland as it gets. Whether people from Cleveland will admit it or not, it's that's a your margin for error is pretty thin. And I, I I think I'm I'm with you. I think he's done a a fine job in as a guy in his first GM job. And let's face it, the first year for him, we can go was, back and forth in the Ky, the Kyrie thing. That was that was his worst stretch. Like that that's to me is I agree clear. With you. And the first year on the job, he didn't. Yeah, I think he was kind of just thrown into the fire, and I don't think he responded that well. But you know what? the The trade deadline stuff that he did was was not really that bad. It's been and good he, every year at he, the deadline. He, yeah, he did about as well as he could have then. I I think. And yeah, Rodney Hood, for example, didn't work. But okay. And yeah, if you really want to grill a guy, go for it because. It, I don't know. There's Cavs fans are just some of them are just delusional and and just have there's some people just I guess just want to see the world burn. I, I don't know. I guess I, I just I just okay. So looking at Kobe Altman's entire tenure, um, he's hired. His first thing is to deal with the Kyrie trade. That's kind of a big task as your first task as a GM. And I don't right. think he handled that as well as he could have. I think that's clear. No, no. Um, it could have been worse. We could have traded for Josh Jackson, but I think it could have been better. Um, I think at the point in time where you're getting concerned about Isaiah Thomas's health, you could have just waited that out into the season you, and maybe gotten another offer from another team. Who knows? But either way, that's over with. Um, you're dealing with an entire year of not knowing whether LeBron's going to be there or not. So not knowing whether to fully commit or not. You have this Brooklyn Nets pick. Do you trade it to, you know, try and get help now? Or do you hold on to it? That was a big discussion that year. Um, I personally, at the time, was in the camp of trade it. You know, try and maximize your championship window now while you can. Uh, Looking back at a year in which we got swept, would DeAndre Jordan have helped this team win a championship? No, he wouldn't have. And you would have been without Colin Sexton at that point. Now you're with Colin Sexton. The rebuild has started. You know, the, the well, I guess the rebuild hasn't officially started at this point. But, and again, probably pushed by ownership is, okay, LeBron's gone, but we're still going to re- try to remain a competitive team. We still just made it to the finals. 
you know, we're going to extend Kevin Love and we're going to try to stay competitive with Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and Rodney Hood. And that just does not work at all. So you rebuild. Like, your hopes of Kevin Love leading your team were just completely derailed by injuries, which is like what people want is a good competitive team. They tried that and it didn't work. You know, people, I feel like people probably wanted Kevin Love extended at the time because they wanted to remain good, which is fine. But didn't work. You rebuild. You have yet to make... Once you have decided that, okay, you are pushing the button on the rebuild, you have not made one giant move, maybe other than Jared Allen, that has been super splashy, but making consistently good moves every year. You know, piling up seconds, whatever it be. You know, you draft Darius Garland, which was obviously at this point the right pick. You draft Isaac Okoro, which, again, the jury's out, but I think at this point looks like the right pick. I just don't get it. I I won't go on any longer than that, but I really, I just don't understand what people expect to be different with this team right now. And I don't understand why the outlook is so pessimistic for them. Uh, Right. And like there's, and yeah, like you said about Dean Wade, like there have been savvy undrafted pickups, like a guy like Lamar Stevens did. Mm hmm. Did anybody, I I actually really liked it right after the draft. I was like, wow, Lamar, I like, yeah, I'll take that. And Dean, I, I was after that. It took draft, a little time like, to come around, but it wasn't like I wasn't like like Lamar. Honestly, was like not pumped, but like I, I was thinking, wow, I'll really, I, I will. That really could be a guy. Um, but yeah, with Dean, I, with Dean, it's not like I didn't think he could could play. I just saw the the foot issues. That was what concerned me. Um, but. Yeah, he's really turned into a, a really playable piece for you. That's that has that is somewhat multi-positional and um, just things like that. You, you have to kind of tip your cap to. Um, and again, when you're a team like Cleveland, you have to yeah you gotta you gotta hit on these like alternative routes to getting got, uh, players too. Um, it's almost like the NFL in that way with with UDFAs, um, and he's done that sort of stuff. Uh, I and even Broderick Thomas, I, I don't it, it, jury's out there, but there's you you definitely see traits with him, um, and, and that's another one. And a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein, did anybody think that would? I, I actually really liked it at the time, um, but. I didn't see. We didn't think that Isaiah Hartenstein this. was going to be this. No, no, absolutely not. And I, there's just a lot of like ancillary pieces are a lot of people don't understand actually matter um, when you're a team in this kind of situation. And I, I think he's really hit on a number of those. Yeah, picking up Alfonso McKinney last year and turning yeah. him and Jordan Bell into JaVale McGee in three seconds. What ended up being Isaiah Hartenstein in three seconds. Right. And fans don't understand, like, those kind of trades at the said times, like, they just look at their phone and they're like, oh, okay, I don't know who that is. Like, it, it's not about the said specific moment or whatever. It's about what, what it's going to lead to down the road. And, and there's, like, a, a trickle-down effect. That's what Altman has done very well, in my opinion. Hasn't had an opportunity to make a massive splash in the draft. Um, so has made the smart move, even if it's a 
rather quiet move every time. Um, has made a lot of smart, quiet trades. Has made a lot of smart, quiet, you know, quiet, you know, post draft free agent signings in Lamar and Dean, and we're gonna have to see what with some other guys that they're, they're taking looks at. But I just think he's done so many of those things well, and. You know, a lot of those bumps were early on. You know, we look at the Kyrie trade. We look at the Kevin Love extensions. Those were when he was still new to the job. Um, I, I think he's learned from those. And I think he is a, better at his job now than he was then. Um, I think a lot of the times, too, with media in particular, um, there's a little bit of dislike for Kobe Altman in the media just because he's not a very open guy publicly. Um, he's, also, he's also 38. And wasn't a they, they don't consider a basketball guy, whatever. Um, it's it's almost kind of like a. I'm not saying he's the same guy in a hundred percent, but it's almost kind of like a Sashi Brown element to it. To an extent, sure, yeah. Like he he's to some, it almost seems like it's kind of becoming the pariah, and, and it's to me very unwarranted. But you know, in, to my point, making running a closed doors organization, um, you know, not talking to the media a ton and not explaining himself, which I, again I don't think he has to. But when you look at you know your Joe Vardens and your Jason Lloyds and your Sam Amicos, um, maybe they feel closed out. I don't know, and now they just kind of feel bitter towards the guy, so they're gonna keep driving home their negative points. Well, I'll also again, say I don't know that for a minor... fact, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I I completely acknowledge that, and that's that's reasonable take, uh, a reasonable take. I, I also think that Kevin Love like lack of disciplinary action after the latest thing was it, that wasn't the greatest look either, though. No, it wasn't, and I, I was again somebody who thought that he should have been suspended for a game after that. Um, and with the whole you know preaching discipline and accountability, uh, I don't think they've handled Kevin Love great. But I also think it's kind of a tricky situation that they just need to get out of. And I think they're going to try to do that. It's it's not as simple as everybody wants it to be. No. Um, I guess just to wrap it up, uh, we've been going on Kobe for a while. But um, I don't know. There's a big offseason coming. And if he screws this up, then – which, again, I don't think he will. But if he screws this up, then the pressure is going to be on for him. If he whiffs on this draft pick – or, you know, pulls another move, a free agent signing that, you know, doesn't work. Uh, if he's not able to do anything with Kevin Love, uh, you know, if there's a culmination of those things and this season kind of flops out of the gate next year and, you know, whatever movie made ends up not paying off, then I think, I think at that point, and again, I, I wouldn't even be completely out on him at that point, but I think at that point, just everybody in general, because again, I'm higher, I feel like, on Kobe than at least, you know, Dan Gilbert is. At that point, I would understand moving on from him. But I just think it's way, way, way too early. He is not. He just, he hasn't made that one move that has, you know, been a disaster, I don't think. Um, and I don't really see a reason to think that he will this offseason. So I just think you should play it out with him. Um,. He's stuck to his guns, and he's, he's stuck on the same path. Um, I don't see any reason to cut that path short now. That's that's all I'm trying to say. But, um, yeah. Let's kind of move on from Kobe Altman. Um, look at just the roster in general. I wanted to do this real quick. Uh, got the idea from the Wine and Gold Talk podcast uh, with Hayden Grove and Chris Fedor. 
Uh, basically, they just went down the roster and looked at each guy uh, and just kind of shared some quick thoughts on where they thought they would be on the roster next year. I figured we could do the same here. Um, so I'm just going to start, Dan, with uh, some of the more obvious ones. And you just tell me, I guess for these early ones, there'll be easy answers. But when we get into the more of the difficult ones, we can kind of, you know, drum up a discussion about it. But Isaac Okoro. On the roster yes. or not? Yes. Yes. Colin Sexton. Yes. Darius Garland. Yes. Jared Allen. Yes. Okay. So I think we got the easiest ones out of the way. I think there's kind of a second tier here. Larry Nance. I think yes. I think, again, I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but I think yes. I Dean Wade. Yes. Lamar Stevens. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm also going to say yes. I, I don't even think that – I see Lamar as a, as a firm piece here. Um, this is I where think it it's, starts – it's a good – like a pretty good shot, I would say. Yeah. I'd say that's like a – like a 70 – 70-30 to me. Really? I would say it's like a 90-10. I think 70-30 What do you think feasible. the level of uncertainty is there for? Um, just – I don't know if you. I think there's a good chance they go combo forward in the draft. I, I'm just not. I, I'm not saying I, I think it's a good possibility. I just think there's maybe some, eh, given that it's non guaranteed, just a little bit also with Wade, given that he played so much at the four. That's all. That's fair. I, if this team does draft a combo forward, they're going to have a log jam there, and I think they're going to have to figure something out. Well, with him, but, um, I think it's just, to me, he's a situational defender that just kind of not, doesn't really necessarily have a position, per se. That's fair. We'll keep moving down the list. Uh, Jetty Osman. Uh, I guess I'm yes. gonna say I'm gonna say yes, but like sixty forty. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. Like, there's a real chance that if if this team makes a move in the offseason, there's a good chance he's a part of it. And if I'm Kobe, that's another piece that if I'm able to just straight up dump him, I probably do it just because. Again, you're kind of packed at that position, and there are other guys you could give minutes to. And if you can get off that money, I think you do it. Uh, but with that being said. Uh, still fairly young-ish, still, you know, under contract for a long time. I don't know what the level of interest is going to be there, but um, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen, but I would definitely try if I were in that position. So I'm going to say yes. Isaiah Hartenstein. I'll say yes. I'm also going to say yes. Uh, I think they'll get a deal done. I don't think he's going to get... I don't know. What do you think as we kind of continue to roll along here? Uh, I'm sure we'll, as free agency opens up, we'll hear reports and rumors as to what we think he might go for. Uh, what do you think his figure is going to be at right now? Kind of in the five to seven million dollar range. That's kind of where I would guess. Uh, I'm with you on if that. that if that, that might even be a little bit high, but I think well, what are, I would put a cap I'm not at saying, like seven million. I'm not saying that they're the same player. Uh, definitely different players, obviously. But what did what did Pat Connaughton get what wasn't it like two for eight million or something like that? And Pat Connaughton got himself a deal. He wasn't even supposed to get that good of a deal, but the Bucks well, it was front also just messed up. It also was because of like the um, cap kind of teams being restricted cap wise. Like it, it, the reports are it would have been better than that. But yeah, Pat I look got at him three years like 
16 million. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, I, I think that sort of, sort of deal is feasible for Ardenstein, that kind of realm. I'm with you there. And I think the Cavaliers would be fine match, you know, giving him that money. I don't think there would be any I think that'd be fine. Yeah. Tarian Prince. Uh, I'm going to say now I'm going to say yes, but to me, he's very, like a pretty, like really good chance he's not there, like by the deadline he's traded. Like I'd say that's like a 70% chance. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm going to say yes. uh, Like as of today. Mm-hmm. As of today, but another guy who I kind of have in like that sixty forty spot. Um, yeah, I'm with you on him and Jetty. Yeah, like a valuable player on a movable contract. Uh, if this team decides to move Kevin Love, like maybe Tarian can be a sweetener. I don't think they're just gonna like straight up sell him this off season. But yeah, again, like agree. that salary will be very very easy to move in a trade. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I and I don't think he's. I, and- I was gonna say I don't think he's on the level of importance of like Larry Nance either. So I think, like, if a piece were to be moved, I think it would be Tarian. Right, and, and also with him and Jetty, Jetty, it's kind of the like the seller is is like kind of like a de facto one guy for keeping him. I'm saying um, for next season, given that you might might have had something there, and then with Torian, it's or Tarian, it's we know can be when he's when he's fully like well not fully but. Pretty healthy can be a reserve shock creator for you, and is also on an expiring deal, which matters. Right? No, um, I was just saying, is it a, is it a, an argument as to, a player, to not yeah. trade him? Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. As as to not trade him, that's fair. Okay. I mean, it can kind of it can really go either way, but I just think with him here, I think we've definitely seen the capabilities of what he can be when he's when he's on. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, at the same time is also kind of in that mix of players at the combo forward position to where right. oh absolutely you're going to have to find minutes something's got to give something's got to give especially if Whether you draft it's a, a guy move or uh, just guys have to be dmp mhm but um yeah i'm i'm going to say yes right now but i think it's it's could go either way i'm intrigued as as to what you're going to say in the next one i think i know what it is but go ahead you know which one i'm doing next Windler, right yeah what do you think? Uh, jeez. Well, can I give mine? Yeah, you go first. I'll say seventy-five to twenty-five. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you too. I just I don't know. I have no clue what the outlook is for him right now. Other, but I, I'm with you there because I just I don't know if anybody would even offer anything for him right now. Well, again, not a guy. I don't think you would like just straight up sell. I don't um, maybe can be used as a salary filler piece that, you know, has some interest as a prospect. Yeah. Uh, but his contract is guaranteed for next season, and also he's only going to be making $2.239 million. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think they take one last look at him and hope that he can have a healthy season, but I think he's here at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I think to me, like, I, I give him kind of, I don't know, till like the end of, uh, end of the, like, calendar year 2021 i think by that point you kind of know 
if he's still not shooting the ball well by that point, then then yeah, well, yeah, I, I, or I'm if he you. to me, or if he's just like not healthy at all, like to me, that's, I, fair that's, too. that's not great. Yeah, that's fair too. And if he's a filler or whatever, but yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see him not move personally, just because there, we have seen flashes, and there there was a lot of positive signs. We don't need to go into all the gory detail uh, in other areas as well. Yeah, but again, with Dylan Windler, if he figures out the shot, he will oh, he's be a, a very basketball player. player. Yes. Very valuable, yeah. Because he's got, that is the swing skill. Because he does other things. Everyone wants to d- throw, like, lazy, like, Duncan Robinson comparison. Obviously, we're not saying he's a shooter right right now, but does way more things other than, like, Robinson does nothing. Nothing no. else. Like, you want to Google defensive liability? That's him. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, that's I think who that is. And, 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 and you can see the teams, appeal of a guy. Like you would see it. Like, wh- what is Duncan Robinson in Sacramento? What is he? What is he? Does a anybody know who he is? Does <laughs> that, anybody that know who he is? Needle? He's not that better. He is nowhere close to as valuable as Nemanja Bielitsa was. I think he's definitely a better shooter than Bielitsa, like, undoubtedly. Well, I think, Bielitsa like, the fact can that, do some other things, though. He's a better defender that, than like, people give him credit for. Bielitsa's not playing at all. Well, he's been playing a little bit just because of a couple injuries. Yeah, but really. like, but Bielitsa but hasn't been playing at all. Like, I think Do- Duncan is clearly better than him. Like, the shooting ability alone separates Duncan from him. Like, yeah, no, I'm just saying. I, I agree with your I, point I of saying what, that like Duncan doesn't do a whole lot other than shoot. But but we've touched his on shooting it. is he's, that good, and the gravity that he kind of you know the oh yeah for the sure. spacing element is that but good he's to in where, like, legitimately a perfect system for him. Oh, absolutely, Perfect. and I'm totally. And with in you other there. Yeah. other areas, I I don't know what, I don't know what Duncan Robinson on, like on the Knicks, I think he'd fit really well as a counter because he definitely would because of their defensive guys. But yeah, what is, like what on, is Duncan on Robinson the, on the Magic? Yeah, just another like decent shooter. I mean, he he he'd look like a, well, a good player. Shooter. He'd be a good but shooter. He would be he, a probably his, his frankly a very good maximized. trade. He'd probably be be a very good trade piece. His strengths are maximized, and his weaknesses are, are kind of hidden in Miami. I get what, I get the point. You're Minimized. Making. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah. You're completely right. We're gonna keep moving here, Broderick Thomas. No, no, you don't think he's gonna be here to start the season? No, I don't see it. What are your odds? Just, I'm going to say, like, 70-30, uh, yes. Uh, I think about 30-70, no. Just my opinion. You think they're going to... Okay. I, I like... I really like the traits and what he's shown. Um, really good story. I, I'm not saying... Like, that could be harsh, but it's just my my opinion. Um, like, I think I, he's going to stick in his two-way spot. I don't know if they're going to find... We'll, we'll get to the other two-way guy, but I don't know if they're going to find two two-way guys this offseason... To replace their current two. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just think there's there's some guys also. I mean, given that this is a pretty deep draft, I think there could be guys that might not get drafted. They're real players, um, more so than in the last draft. Um, and that's just where I'm thinking. And also, I just think there's a good possibility that they get a real, like, I think they'll definitely get, like, a real backup, like, ball handler, like, primary guy. Um, not to say that Jetty can't do it at all. I think that's something to keep exploring. Um, I think there's something there. 
But I, I just look at there's potential guys in the second round they could go get. I, I think if they were to if they get a pick, kind of look to acquire a pick. I think they very well could this time. Um, and I, I just I, I like what Broderick has shown defensively. I really do. But I just think given that you have, I, I don't know how much. T- run two-way guys next year are honestly going to get when there's... Not as much as this year, undoubtedly. I don't think, think. even in the same stratosphere. That's just my opinion. And I just think there's a possible... I think there's a real possibility they get a guy like a Nolakina, a guy like a Patty, or a TJ McConnell. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if they really want to waste a two-way spot on a guy that's, like is a playable guy in NBA minutes is like an on ball guy. I don't think they're going to want to do that in, in that sense. That's just, that's just good feeling. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say, even if they get, obviously like if they get to a backup me, point guard, I don't me, think that, that affects things. That would be more so like a shooter, like a pure shooting type and, or another guy like a Lamar Stevens. I don't think he's really either. That's just, that's, that's just my take. I think they're gonna keep him around a little bit longer, and I'm sure many do. I'm sure Mac does. He's he's like the biggest Broderick mm-hmm. fan, like biggest. But yeah, I, I think the Broderick will stick around. We'll see what happens there. Um, well, let's just get out of the way then. Jeremiah Martin, yes or no? No. <laughs> I, I um, was I, I was kind of I, I mean I was a bigger fan than most of the the signing Jeremiah Martin at the time, but. I'll put the of odds course, at I, I, I know I know I have to be wrong a good amount of the time. I know I am. I'm not running from that. Um, William Risman can call me out on that too, since he always does. So, yeah, would you say a negative nine percent? That that's fair. I, I said a two to ninety eight, but negative nine is also valid. Um, I, I don't think that's inaccurate. I, I don't think negative. I'll say like point seven eight percent. Point seven eight. Okay. Um, I'll bring it down from two to like one point seven. Okay. All right. Uh, Fiatu Cabangeli. Yeah, I guess. Sure. I'm going to say, say no. I'll say... Uh, I'll just say 50-50 just to be a devil's advocate. I'll say, I'll say for right now, yes. So you're going to go like 51-49? That's, that's I'll say, yeah, like the Shark Tank round, I'll, I'll say 51%. Um, okay. With zero conviction, like, whatsoever. I might change my mind in, like, two days from now, but I guess, sure. Like, I, I know I'm going back on what I said before, but I'll just say that for... I, I don't really have a reason for it, but we have seen some stuff from him. And just as, like, a third five developmental guy that next year, the game that will actually have, like, a G League season, to me, maybe he can... Maybe you end up... Uh, I get maybe he just is down there. I I, I guess I'm gonna say forty sixty no. Um, I think he's probably here in the training camp, but um, I think there's a good chance he gets cut there. Uh, like I said, I think there's a very you think there's a chance there's around. a possi- like a possibility just yeah, as, well, a two, t- as a two way guy. I think that'd be viable. Um, I think that's kind of it what depends I'm on who you get, but yeah, you could cut him and make him a two way guy. That would work. That's that's like kind of. In the realm that I'm thinking, but... I wouldn't hate that, honestly. I, that's what I thought no, they were no, going to no. do this time. Like, when his second 10-day was up, I thought they were going to give him the two-way spot when they promoted Lamar, but... Obviously, Jeremiah Martin was the route they went with that. But, um... 
We'll keep moving. Damian Dotson. Uh, I'm going to say 8% chance that he's here. I was going to say 5. 5? Okay. So, yeah. I'll say 8. Okay. That's fair. Probably, honestly, like way too high, but I'll be a nice guy and say 8. Uh, who do we have now? Uh, Anderson Verichow. Uh, where? What's Anderson Verja gonna be? Um, is there a possibility that he could be like a a coach, a a potential like yeah, like a player development guy? Player development guy, maybe. I I don't. I don't know what. I would think there's some capacities here. Not obviously not that. You don't want to give him the Udonis Haslam treatment. Uh, well, does Andy fight? If that's a possibility. That's about, I mean, all, I can, that's, that's about all I can say. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Matthew Dalvadova. Uh, I'm going to say there is a, I'll say on your, in your realm, like the Udonis realm, I'll give him his jersey number 18% chance. I'm going to give him again a 5% chance. I don't think that Dalvadova's back. Um. There are just too many other routes they could go at backup point guard. Um, and if this team was like, you know, had a bunch of roster spots okay, open, maybe you consider it. Way, 18% is way too high. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back down to the, I'll say seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Um, okay. I just think roster spots are going to be valuable for this team this offseason. And I don't think that Delhi is valuable enough to warrant one of them. Do you know who that leaves us with, Dan? One player. Yeah, you, you give your take first. <sighs> I, I, the thing is, I have no idea. Um, Kevin Love, if I had to guess, is Kevin Love going to be on the roster right now? Um, and we're, we're winding down here. Uh, next episode, we'll get into this a little bit more, I think. But um, I definitely think there are ways to, to get off of Kevin. Um, the buyout way is not exactly one I'm a fan of just because I don't think Kevin Love would give back enough money to make a difference Um, I do think there's at least one trade out there that could happen do I think it'll happen probably not I think Kevin Love stays and I'll go I'll go 65% chance that Kevin Love stays I'm going to say, I'll say 58. I think I'm with you too. I just think there's, I think they're going to give him a legit talking to this off season. Um, I, I think he will start like to start the year um, and or probably like a, like for some games from there. But I just think there's a real talking to that he's going to be, not playing over half of games. I think that's kind of what they end up getting to. I think he'll start games, but not like play half. And then he could play like down the stretch, whatever. Um, but I think they just kind of have that real conversation with him. And I think he, maybe they can move him by next, by next deadline, possibly um, control like some real buy in there. 
But yeah, I, it's just I, I don't know if Altman's going to want to do like the whole trade, like the outright, like the two versus five year kind of ordeal, which we talked about often. Um, so yeah, as of right now, I'm I'm with you. I'll say fifty eight percent for now. Fifty eight percent. I like it. Um. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, what we need to talk about now. Like I said, we, we will continue to record in the offseason twice a week, um, talking about whatever we feel like talking about with the Cavs. Um, anything else, Dan, you got to say before we before we wrap up? No, not, not any time. No, nothing this time. Nothing that's, this time. That's all right. That's fine. Um, well, with that, thank you, Dan, for coming on, as always. Uh, thank you out there for listening. Um, appreciate all of the support throughout the season. Everyone who listened uh, from the the early, you know, preseason pods and before that to the draft uh, all the way to now. I just want to say thank you. It is appreciated. Yep, uh, thanks. Thanks as always, Cavs fans. We appreciate it. Subscribe. Listen to future episodes. They'll keep coming. Uh, leave a rating on Apple. Leave a review. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you again soon. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point of total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.